Okay, we are live. Hey guys, this is uh, Ashwin, a batch of 2005-2007 from IMK, currently Chief Operating Officer at Falenco. Uh, and welcome if you guys have joined us already or if you're you know, just joining and we're just starting. Uh, welcome to our uh, webinar on uh, building a career in product management. Uh, this is uh, going to be a, a panel discussion. We have an all-star panel today, four uh, very, very interesting uh, individuals with a very varied experience across countries, across industries, and across uh, product verticals. So we will get started very quickly, just in terms of what you should expect. Um, we are going to be covering a lot of topics, uh, but mostly we will be talking about why product management is, uh, you know, it's a relatively new career choice, but how do you get into it? How do you grow in it? Um, it's probably the the most difficult to get in right out of campus. It's not the highest, uh, you know, hiring by numbers, but it's also the most uh, favored switching profile. A lot of people want to get into product management after they start a career in any other vertical. So how do you go about doing all of that? Uh, we have uh, some folks who have done that. We have folks who have started right out of school as product managers. So we will hear all their perspectives. And of course, we'll answer some of the questions around how do you become better at product management? How do you get to the top? And if you want to switch in, how do you do that? So with that, uh, let me start by bringing in our first panelist. Uh, if Let's get in Manjunath. So welcome, Manjunath. Uh, Manjunath is uh, VP of product at uh, Flipkart. Uh, just a quick one-liner from me, and then I'll hand over to uh, Manjunath. He's um, you know, someone who's been in product for the longest period across multiple companies and verticals. Um, also one of the very few people that I know from the time that I graduated who went into product management uh, pretty much straight out of the bat, right out of B school. So, you know, thank you, Manchanath, for joining us. If you want to just give us a quick intro about you, what you do, what you have done, talk about your career trajectory, and also how did you get into product management right out of uh, B school? The question that I would want you to go focus on is, uh, did you know what product management was? And, uh, you know, was it what you thought when you get into it? Sure. Uh, thanks, Ashwin. Uh, good to uh, be on the panel and uh, uh, almost feel like uh, thinking of the campus days back again, right? Uh, so when I started uh, my career uh, post uh, B-School uh, at I2 Technologies, or now it's JDA, uh, it, it was uh, basically into consulting, product consulting kind of role. And uh, within the first uh, few months, I realized uh, I, I was uh, more keen on something called product management that was there in the company. Uh, it, it was a new role. Uh, product management wasn't uh, much uh, of uh, much known in India, and uh, but though it it was pretty popular in the U.S. part of the company, and uh, they were looking to move a couple of uh, product roles uh, to India. And uh, so, pretty much a uh, few months into my journey at I2, I took over product management uh, as an opportunity. And, and, and then uh, been in love with it. And I think it's also helped me out in uh, my entrepreneurship journey. And I'll probably talk through a little bit of my journey to give context on how it kind of shaped and helped me in my entrepreneurial journey as such. So the first nine years I was with uh, uh, I2 Technologies uh, in India. And then I had, I had a short break uh, where I'd uh, been in Tally for about a year, uh, Tally, the Indian uh, financial accounting uh, software, uh, which is uh, again uh, on a product role, uh, and uh, and and then back to I2, and I had moved to US uh, with uh, I2 building supply chain products for global 
players uh, like JC Penny to Lockheed Martin to various defense players to auto players in the US market. Uh, so largely B2B product management for the first nine years. And then post that uh, five years at Yahoo are running product uh, globally for Yahoo games, weather, uh, lifestyle, uh, movies, TV. So few uh, global media products. And uh, post that is when I decided to start a startup. And I think as a product management person right from the start, uh, you are not just uh, focusing on a technology per se or working with technology team, but you're also looking at what is the vision of the product? How do you make the business work for the product? And, and together, what are the product and tech capabilities that need to be built so that uh, the business overall is viable and successful, right? So and I think there have been many conversations even while I was at Yahoo on product in terms of what is the expectation from product management. It is pretty diverse, right? You have to be good at product, you're good at technology, you should understand the roadmap, you should understand business and uh, be able to uh, you know, think about it holistically. And I think that holistic perspective of the business and the product and the customer and, and keeping customer at center of everything, right? So to ma make sure uh, the customers are liking your product, are finding the right things, are able to convert, whether it is a commerce business or it is a B2B supply chain kind of products that I've been both with. Uh, so that perspective was very helpful when I did my own uh, startup, uh, which was a uh, product tech led, uh, and uh, so did my startup for about two years, uh, built it with a brand, uh, three years actually, sorry, started with a brand called My Notice Period, uh, then uh, rebranded to Hiree and was focused on tech recruitment basically. And post that, uh, I've been with uh, Mintra and Flipkart, where uh, I've been leading product uh, and engineering right now at Flipkart for grocery, uh, which is one of our uh, biggest strategy priorities for the company right now, along with uh, uh, other vertical experiences for travel, and all category experiences for uh, Flipkart categories. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, very cool. Thanks, Manjunath. And I think uh, VP of product and technology is like two roles in one. So we'll come back to that. And sure. know, people are struggling to do one role. So how are you doing two roles? But we'll come back to that later. Sure, sure. Our uh, second guest, uh, second guest is, uh, you know, it's he's, he's my batchmate. And uh, he is a product manager at a very small, probably a company that you've heard of called Google. Uh, he is a Bay Area product manager. So Bay Area is a pretty big deal in product management. Uh, being a Google product management product manager is an even bigger deal. And being a Bay Area product management, Google is like probably the biggest deal you can get. So uh, welcome, Shiram Kara. I've known you for like 15 years. Uh, tell me something that I don't know, but also something that others don't know about your journey. I mean, you didn't get into product management right out of the bat, right? So how did you end up in San Francisco? Yeah, I'll come to the San Francisco bit in a bit. By the way, um, uh, it's 6.30 in the morning. So if I sound a little groggy, you know, you know why. Uh, I don't usually wake up at 6.30 on Sunday. Uh, um, so the, the move to San Francisco, just I mean, over the Bay Area happened as an accident. I was already working for Google in India. Um, and um, there was a, a rebalancing of the teams and, and and my team was essentially consolidated with the team in the, in the US, um, you know, in the headquarters. And, and so they gave me a chance to move. Um, and so, so that's how it happened. It was a completely un, unplanned, unexpected uh, move. Uh, the opportunity came up and I took it. Um, you know, going back to, uh, to my days at K and, and how my journey to product management happened, you know, I joined Tech Mahindra out of campus um, in, a, in a very sort of a standard business management, general management kind of a role. Very exciting journey at that time. For, 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 I was there for four and a half years. You know, did saw a lot of uh, action. Satyam was acquired. You know, the company grew revenue in 10x and so on. So there was a lot of 
very exciting times. I learned a lot about management in, in practice, you know. Um, but then I realized that sales, uh, I had to be like really a salesperson to really go go to the next level, you know, to, to a sort of the VP level in, in, the, in the business and so on. I am just not a salesperson. I just don't like that kind of a thing. Um, or at least, um, you know, that's not what sort of uh, excites me. And so I was looking to what to do next, you know, kind of bringing uh, sort of my more recent business experience uh, with, uh, you know, with my strong interest in technology, which has always been there. So that that's something that I had from my pre-K days um, and through through my K journey, through my Tech Mahindra journey and so on. So at that time, I um, it was not easy at that point to make a transition to product management because, I mean, uh, I recognize that product management brings the best of you know, business and technology and you know that's sort of also an emerging thing at the time this was in 2010 2011 that's when i started thinking about it um and then um so i can talk specifically a little later about how exactly i made the transition but uh, i did make a transition um uh, to clear trip so i was a product manager at clear trip managing uh, over my two-year journey there i managed four different products only one of them survives now i think um the other three were shut down but anyway, so the four uh, B2C products I, I managed, and then I moved to a startup called HackerRank. You know, uh, I grew it from, um, you know, what I would say a one to 10 kind of a transition, not a, not a zero to one kind of a thing that Manjunath did, uh, but more like, you know, taking a company that was about 20 people uh, to about 200 people, you know, from uh, less than a million dollars in revenue to about 20, 30 million dollars of revenue, that, that kind of a transition was very exciting. And then I moved to Google because uh, for personal reasons, right? Um, so that's been my journey, um, you know, to, to to product management to Google and then to the to the area. Got it. Cool. Thanks, uh, thanks, Shiram, and appreciate getting up at uh, six thirty and coming on this call. <laughs> cool. So our, uh, we'll come back to you in a bit. So the next uh, panelist that I want to pull in, uh, very stellar career, CPO at Baiju's. Unicorn, check, CPO, check, EdTech, check, multi-billion dollar funding, check. I mean, you guys are in the news and you guys are killing it. Uh, how are you How are you there? Uh, just talk us through your journey. Again, I think Ranjit has been in product management right out of campus, right? So just talk us through that, Ranjit. Sure. Right, so this one of the few guys, I think, after your MBA, you're kind of trying to wonder and think through as to where your fitment is likely to be the best, right? And you're confused. I think this is back in 2008, and that's the batch that I was part of. Uh, I did have a very conventional background, like most of the folks that came by, a lot of them were, you know, engineers, two years experience, two, three years of experience. And I knew pretty much about myself that I like building things. And uh, the B-School experience was supposed to kind of, you know, probably help me introspect and figure out what I wanted to do really next. So it was a bit of a soul-searching experience that the B-School you know, ended up being for me. And I was lucky enough to kind of get an option after the B-School experience to immediately jump on to building products for a product company, right? And um, that was not the norm at that point of time. Very few product roles, like you mentioned, Ashwin, uh, very few companies that came to the campus offering product roles. I was lucky enough to be able to kind of uh, join Verizon, which was building products. Verizon is uh, uh, largely a U.S. telecom giant, and you know it competes with AT&T and other large players out there and they have some very interesting products being built out for the to the western markets right so straight out of campus i was lucky enough to kind of take that role not the not the highest paying gig at that point of time but something i felt would kind of really use my skills where you know like building things you're creative you like numbers you know how to kind of empathize with people now so much of that is probably great in hindsight but i did have an inkling that that's where i would probably kind of you know be playing to my strengths 
Um, so that gig was great. And I think that probably set me in terms of a very solid foundation in terms of what conventional product management was. Because it's a very large company, right? Large company, very structured process. Uh, you build products in a very systematic fashion. There are large teams that you need to kind of evangelize and bring towards you know, a conviction. So while that kind of grounded me in, um, in, in the fundamentals of product management, I then uh, had a small gig at a mobile product startup company back in 2010 when it was still very early. Uh, it was a very short stint. And then I happened to join uh, Zynga. Zynga was setting off, um, setting up its uh, India operations at that point of time. And this was largely for the, for, the, uh, for the global operations, right? So again, lucky enough to have timed it right. And while gaming was not the most conventional and the most, you know, the, it's not the most fanciest kind of product management. But for me, I think I was clear at that point of time, being a gamer myself and uh, understanding how games are being built. Um, I understood that there is very few sectors that came to understanding fundamental consumer behavior uh, than games do, right? Games are, at the end of the day, uh, very, very, you know, emotional products which kind of cater to your uh, fundamental needs, fears, motivations, and all of that, right? So that, I think the Zynga experience probably, you know, forged me uh, more than any other product management experience that I've had before and uh, post that. Those three, four years was probably the equivalent of having worked in, you know, uh, every year there we kind of say, the Zynga product managers say is, was the equivalent of working at any other product company to the tune of about three, four years. Because you get to see multiple, you know, you are able to test out various things in your games and that's the equivalent of, you know, living through three, four years in a span of about just one year, right? Um, built a lot of games, uh, some of the spam that you could attribute to uh, what you saw on Facebook. So big games like Mafia Awards, Farmville, and all of that have been associated with that. Poker players have been associated with the Zynga Casino sort of a, uh, product portfolio that we had at that point of time. Uh, having spent that time, you know, building products, um, I kind of recognized that I had a fair amount of experience building products for the Western markets. And um, it was broad-based in some sense. I did understand different personas that kind of existed. But as a product person from India, um, well, I took a lot of pride in saying that, hey, product managers, you know, the best of the product managers can come out of India and we would kind of compete, right? We had a very strong team uh, in the Valley as well and we would compete, right? The Indian product managers would compete with uh, product managers out of the Bay Area as well. Um, I wanted to kind of understand what is happening in India. And I felt that as a product manager coming out of India, for me to not understand the, the Indian demographics that are coming online, what sort of products would kind of work for them would be a big gap if I don't do justice to that. So that led to me um, at that point of time, um, as a soft bank was starting off with their venture and tie up with uh, Bharti and uh, this is Hype Messenger, Wink Music, Hopper, and a few other product lines that they were um, starting off. I kind of came by into that uh, ecosystem and went on to lead um, products at uh, Hype Messenger, right? And it was a fantastic journey in the first two, three years where we, you know, scaled up the, the product line to a large extent. Uh, it hit some great numbers. And after a couple of years there, I think I understood the mass audience in India slightly better. Uh, but also I was in Delhi, wanted to move back to Bangalore. And for personal reasons, um, I did make a shift um, to, you know, joining Baiju. That's when I met Baiju and met the company itself. And it's largely still an offline company with, and that's true of most companies, right? Right. A lot of companies are right now going from an offline ecosystem to an online ecosystem. So I thought that journey would be very interesting because when I kind of landed and Sequoia kind of brought me in, um, when I landed, it, uh, Baiju's whole pitch was this, okay, this is a large um, education company and we are on the in the path of becoming an ed tech company. And at that point of time, there were like two engineers and one QA. And the whole you know, challenge of being able to transform a large offline player into becoming one of the leading online players at that point of time uh, was a large challenge that I kind of enjoyed, right? And that's been a fantastic journey over the last five years 
from launching the first app to how we have evolved over a span of time to you know building products for the western markets now right we launched we acquired a company uh, in us last year and now we are building products for the global audiences as well so edtech is very different um, it does uh, throw you off because you're building for a very very different demographic so that way it's been both a you know very humbling experience and also very satisfying experience because at least this sector offers that to a very large extent right so i think overall i've been very blessed in terms of um, being at the right time the right place and also getting a chance to be able to kind of you know work with certain companies and founders who have been very very visionary in terms of how they wanted to kind of uh, build companies and products thank you thanks ranjit i think we've all been a great fan of uh, byju's just the way the startup has been built into a technology driven and how uh, successful you guys have been so congratulations and keep doing the good work and thanks for coming on so let's get the uh, next panelist um, slightly different profile uh, rahul uh, rahul is uh, coo at cubewealth uh, not the product management as a title in his role but he's again one of the folks that i know who's been in startups pretty much all through your career in smaller companies and in startups and have done product management in very different places uh, so rahul just talk us through how you got you got into deloitte right out of campus right i mean that's like as far as you can get away from product i think so how did you get into product management what it has been and maybe what you can tell us uh, also is what are some of the things that you did from b school that you think helped a switch into a product management career sure so ashwin you're right in that i joined lloyd consulting straight out of uh, campus but that was effectively to fund the startup that i was doing at the time so i dropped out of uh, summers to do a little affiliate marketing services startup so i ran that for a few months came back did uh, my second year and then immediately got to building in my second year and then right after k um a small expense management uh, startup that ran for about 18 months or so so the only reason i took a job at campus was to make sure i had some cash flow to pay off my loan as well as you know, keep this running as it turned out uh, that thing didn't work out we we couldn't raise funding in time 2008 and and its aftermath and all but to your question about what really got me started into product uh, i've never apart from an extremely small period in 2014 i've never actually held a formal product management title but it's always something i've done i've always been in some or the other operating role either as uh, either in my own company or someone else's company um, but by default i've been the guy that product management has fallen to and some of that is because of uh, what ranjit said at the beginning of his intro in that i like building things so at the very beginning right after this startup that i did out of campus piku money didn't work out i um, moved back to bombay i was in hyderabad earlier I moved back to bombay and joined an email slash sms and then later voice and push marketing company named uh, netcore as part of their skunk works consumer division and effectively built that team out from scratch so what usually happens is when you build team from scratch when you build a team from scratch you hire the most well known roles so we managed to get engineering in place uh, test engineering in place uh, you get sales you get marketing well in our case sales didn't apply but marketing in place get operations and so on but someone inevitably has to fill in defining what it is that you're building um and then making sure it's executed on so that role really fell to me and it 
it's been sort of a template for everything I've done since, because uh, we did Netco- we did this consumer division at uh, Netcore, which was a call it an iTunes store before there was a smartphone, so an iTunes store for SMS and voice related content. So we had a whole subscription based marketplace uh, with which was uh, a paid service. We didn't do ads at all. And this was before we had prepaid wallets or for that matter, payment. we didn't even have two-factor authentication back then. So this, this came in, in the middle of uh, when we were building and running this, this store. That's how old this was. But nevertheless, we, we, we defined and built out that. We ran that for, uh, for two years before the board shut us down. That was an incredible learning experience, not just from a product management standpoint, but also from a running the business uh, standpoint. Because at 25 or 26, I was I had, I had hired people, I had fired people, defined a first uh, version of a product, learned some hard lessons, presented to the board, and then having been praised by the board for several quarters, inevitably having to shut it down. And then I moved to running product for all of Netcore, both the 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 consumer enterprise, both the consumer and the enterprise divisions. Essentially, that's the only time I've actually done product management formally. So. Having done that for about 18 months or so, I took, um, I took most of 2014 off. And then uh, a common friend introduced me to one of the co-founders of the payment gateway, Citrus. And I ran Citrus's uh, consumer uh, division, which at that time aimed to build what today would be called a neobank, but at that time was, um, you know, it wasn't something that was done. So then we had, well, Sequoia funded company, lots of capital available, people available, tremendous talent, brand recognition, all of that. But just like with Netcore, the consumer division wasn't uh, quote-unquote core, even though it was uh, treated on par as a business unit. The main revenue came from the payment gateway and the prepaid wallet. So at that time, again, uh, running a company, rapid iteration of defining what was then a very uh, not a very well-known space. Um, it turns out that so Citrus then was uh, sold to the other payment gateway, PayU, in what remains, I think, India's uh, largest all-cash fintech deal in 2016. But by that time, that co-founder and I and a few others had uh, set out to form, to do the same thing that we did at Citrus, but as an independent company, which is today CubeWealth. And the template repeated itself, which is we had all of these other roles and product management effectively, the building of the thing uh, fell to me. But interestingly, you know, the common thread through all of this was someone had to think through the end-to-end manifestation of the customer experience. And that's really what I have been doing. That's, if you had to sum up, if I had to sum up, and I've said this many, many times over the years, if I had to sum up product management, it really is, is that, making sure that there is a, a consistent, desirable end-to-end manifestation of the customer experience. So that's really my path and journey into into product management. Got it. Thanks, thanks, Rahul. And uh, thanks for coming on this uh, webinar call. Okay, the next, uh, you know, we did a, that was a good intro from all the, you know, all our panelists on their own career trajectory, what they have done, what the companies that they've worked for, what they've been about. Uh, So what I want to do just for the viewers who have that, then the next section will be about what is it that you can do as uh, um, you know a student in a B school or somebody who has just graduated? What are some of the skills 
how can you tool yourself and stuff like that and then we will go into the third section which will be more deeper into product management customer experience design analytics and so on so that just to give you guys what to expect uh, as we go through the next uh, 30 40 minutes of it yeah cool so the next question uh, is for uh, manjunath and manjunath you know you you've been doing this for the longest time and one of the things that you would probably agree with me is product management uh, is not taught it's not taught in b schools um it was it's not a you know a major or a minor and i'm seeing a bunch of people asking questions like what should i major i mean there's no majoring in product management uh nowadays you know iits even have a design program but there's no direct product management program so what are some of the skills that you can tool yourself while you are a student and not just a student maybe when you have just graduated you are a young product manager or you know you've just been in another job what can you tool yourself what does flipkart look for the reason i'm asking that is flipkart obviously has one of the the largest tech teams and a very structured product management hiring i'm sure you hire directly from a lot of these so what is it that you look for as skills how can people tool themselves so anyone who is looking to get into a product management job whether you are a techie non techie whatever it is i think you want to hear uh, what manjunath thinks about it uh, because he is actually the person hiring isn't aren't you so yep. over to you manjunath Thanks, Ashwin. Yeah, I, I've been uh, probably the longest-serving product manager in the country, almost 20 years in product management now, right? So uh, I, I think uh, one of the things uh, with product management, and like I started when I started, there wasn't a course and uh, it wasn't known much, and then over the years, also it's uh, the same way. There are a few uh, uh, courses though which uh, do help in specializing in product management or learning about it. But I, I think the be best way of doing this is probably. taking up a problem statement uh, and trying to think of uh, the user needs and then figuring out what is the product that you would like to build and uh, come up with say uh, wireframe designs and uh, and and then maybe even even try your hands in uh, saying putting together a website or something right so i, th I think if you were if i were to hire a campus person for product management without a formal product management work experience and without uh, you know product management uh, uh, background as such uh, the the person that would be best suited in that case is somebody who's given it a shot right who's tried it in their free time uh, tried to create products on their own uh, may, may not have reached the uh, stage of taking it live fully because they probably don't have the tech background but if if you look at uh, designers uh, they actually look at uh, say existing products uh, say maybe flipkart or maybe mintra whatever existing products and they say okay i will uh, create a portfolio of how should say flipkart be redesigned and they put that up in their behance portfolio saying this is how i rethink and how design should be for something that already exists or uh, they take up a different problem and say i'm going to create an app for covid-19 and this is how it's going to look right so as as a product manager manager if you're able to think through uh, creating a product uh, without actually say having to take it live fully but getting it to a wireframe stage that would be very very helpful so i would probably be more excited to look at product guys or uh, to look at people for product roles if they have that product thinking and are they able to evolve that product thinking across multiple problem statements that they want to take up and try to create products for uh, if they get lucky they might have freelancers who are willing to uh, put their time and do it or uh, they they could have their friends uh, some techies who are willing to code it also maybe but whichever way if they've given a shot on building products on their own i think that's the best way of doing it uh, structured product management courses can get you i mean there are a lot of free courses on product management as well but those can get you to a distance but nothing like actual experience of thinking through uh, the problem thinking through how the user will uh, use the product that they're building 
and uh, maybe even taking life and seeing it if it is helpful for the users. I, I think that would probably be one of the good ways uh, to learn product and, and be hireable in product management. Great, great. Thanks, thanks, Manjunath, on that. And um, you know, let me bring in uh, my next uh, question to Shiram. Um, Shiram, you know, Google product management at Google is pretty big deal, and I, I remember that uh, Google came for campus hiring for product management back in two thousand seven. Did you apply at that time, and you didn't get through, or did you get in at two thousand seven itself? Yeah, the, the funny story. Um, uh, they were they didn't pass, and they were shortlisting resumes on campus. The process itself is, is fairly. Um, long and um, so they, they were going to. Um, they did process some resumes offline, um, you know, for the interviews and so on. But they didn't shortlist me because the HR at that time said I didn't have an undergrad in CS, um, and so they did not shortlist me. Although I did have a MS in CS, um, so that's that's sort of the funny part. I, I tell that story to all of my colleagues here, you know, uh, in every party. But yeah, so that's what happened at the time. So you you got in eventually into Google like just ten years after the process started. Right, 2007, the process started. You got in at 2017. Okay, just yeah, talk us through. You know, maybe uh, what was uh, you know Google has probably one of I I worked at Google back in uh, 2007. Um, actually, Google was my first job right out of campus, but not in product management. And you know, even at that time, Google had one of the most structured product management programs for people who are getting in afresh. So maybe just talk through. Uh, you know, with the Google perspective, if you can talk through. Uh, what's a nice way to ramp up your product management career when you do get in as a junior product management uh, professional and how that's been, you know, that you've seen and how does it work? Maybe you can also talk about what's the difference between product managers and uh, product marketing managers, often very confused for people who are outside. So maybe you can talk about that. So let, let, let me answer that question first. Um, you know, what's the difference between product management and product marketing? Um, you know, these are roles. Um, and depending on the size of the product, depending on the, the, the stage, or the size of the team, you know, nature of the product, etc., you know, this is possible for the same person to be doing both of those roles. Um, you know, for example, in my in my um, startup, you know, the entire product team was only about six engineers, and and, and one, I'm sure, you know, in Baiju's uh, when he started. So, any, any, whenever any team starts, it's, it's obviously going to be the same person doing both PM, PMM, maybe engineering management, etc. So, but anyway, the core. Um, function of a PM is to define what needs to be built. Uh, and in most companies, PMs also uh, own the overall success of the product. So you're responsible for the, for the whole thing in most product companies, right? I mean, I think that, that can be a good, um, you know, um, judge, judgment on, on what the culture of the, of the company is. Are they a very product first company or not? Depending on, uh, you know, is a product manager really responsible or accountable for the success of the product or not? Um, you know, and many um, sort of uh, many product first companies, um, you know, put PMs in charge, right? Product ma marketing managers generally own, you know, uh, things like positioning of the of the product, what, what the messaging is on an ongoing basis, uh, what the branding for the product is. They own these specific functions. Um, and depending on the company, as I said, you know, uh, PMMs maybe sort of slightly, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, report or. Um, not reporting directly in an HR sense, but sort of, you know, um, uh, playing second fiddle to the PMs uh, or depending on the company culture, you know, maybe they'll be at the, at the same level or maybe even, even have an upper hand. Okay. Um, so so going back to the uh, first question about, you know, okay, how do we sort of uh, plan for your PM career? And I think it's important to understand first what exactly are sort of PMs measured on 
uh, how does you know what does uh, career promotion mean in the PM ladder, right? So at Google, um, you know, uh, whenever PMs get promoted, or uh, you know, they, they look at three specific things. Uh, you know, what is the scope of work that the PM has, has you know is handling? Uh, what are the uh, what skills have they demonstrated at what level? And the third one is what is the impact um, you know that the PM has had, right? Uh, so impact is something that people will keep coming uh, over and over again. So we'll, we'll talk about that uh, last. Uh, but uh, you know, but as far as getting even getting into PM, um, skills are the most important thing because in an interview they will only only assess your skills. So let's start with skills. You know, there are essentially the four main skills. Uh, you know that the PMs really need to have. Right? First is is product insight, uh, product design, and product vision. Right? I mean, you you should be able to look at a product and have opinions. Um, you know. Uh, is, is it working well? Is it not working well? What is good? What is bad? What can be improved? You know, essentially, you should have like every, every time you look at a product, um, you should have uh, strong opinions of whether it's working. What does the success mean for the product and so on? So, so having a demonstrating product design insight and vision is, is one thing. Second thing is uh, analytical skills, right? I mean, I think uh, um, uh, Ranjit mentioned earlier quantitative, uh, being able to sort of understand numbers. Uh, being able to understand, you know, are you on the right track? Breaking down larger, complex problems, the smaller things that can be uh, handled. These are all, you know, uh, typical uh, analytical kind of uh, skills. And, and I think most people coming out of, you know, okay, uh, this should not really be a problem. But you know, maybe for specifically for uh, preparing for interviews, uh, you may want to prepare for it a little, little better. Third uh, is communication. Communication is, you know, you need to be a strong uh, verbal and written communicator because in a lot of cases, especially at companies with scale of Google, you're working remote. So the usual things about, you know, hey, how do we sort of communicate effectively? You know, you need to be able to communicate to different stakeholders at different levels, and you should be able to up level and down level your message, uh, and, you know, and, and motivate people uh, about your product vision. So these are all. Uh, this is about communication. And, and the, the second and the last uh, two things are about you know, leadership and execution, right? Uh, leadership is um, in product companies, PM is the leadership track, right? Uh, Sundar, Sundar Pichai started as a product manager for Google Toolbar, which is like a small feature, you know, that's a plugin into Internet Explorer at that time, right? I mean, he started there and, and he's gone to the CEO of Google. So and in a lot of products companies, uh, that is the leadership track. So you are expected to, to be able to lead teams of different sizes, depending on your level. Um, and and work from there. So, um, so what is the difference between how where you join and how do you grow? Um, in, in large companies, uh, in companies like Google, they would very 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 clearly defined expectations of you know okay, these are the three dimensions: your scope, your skills, and the impact. And for each level in the PM ladder, you have expectations on what is it that you have to demonstrate for each of these things. You know, for example, there's a director of product management and, and, and an entry level product management. It's very obviously, you know, the, uh, the scope of work that you have to do is very clearly outlined. You know, a director will have like a large portfolio of products, uh, you know, are responsible for some things and so on. Uh, whereas in uh, level four, entry level product manager would have uh, a much smaller scope. You know, they would uh, they would probably be managing one feature like Sudar did when he joined the company. Um, uh, but you're expected to sort of touch on all of these dimensions at, at you know at the, at the appropriate level for your thing. So, uh, so the way you would plan your you know the way I plan my career here at Google is just to look at you know hey what is the next level? Uh, what are the expectations for my next level? Um, and sort of work with mentors to sort of get there. Um, and let's pause here. Um, um, Ashwin, anything else you specifically wanted me to touch? No, on? I think that 
I think that's a that's a very good uh, explanation of you know how to sort of look at your own career setup. I think people keep asking about how do I move uh, without wondering how do you actually set yourself up. It's easy. It's actually fairly easy to get a shot at product management, uh, but it's quite difficult to become a very good product manager, right? So setting yourself up uh, is what I think you've spoken about, and I think the Sundar example is great, right? I mean. Uh, 2007, when I was at Google, we, Google used to be very clearly called out as we are an engineer-led company. We are an engineering-driven company. Um, I think uh, with the new CEO, you guys are very clear that it's a product-led company. So congratulations, and uh, you know, uh, let's keep going there. Cool. Uh, so the next uh, that's that's between Manjunath and uh, Shriram. I think thank you for giving us a very good way of how do I get into a product management job in your companies, and you guys obviously hire and see a lot of profiles. So I think that's a lot of um, insight on what people need to do. Um, I want to focus a little bit now into the next section, which will be about how do you actually become a better PM? How do you become a good PM? How do you become a better PM? And how do you become a great product manager? And um, you know, I want to bring in um, Ranjit right now and talk about just Ranjit, how do you look at uh, data analytics, you know, AI, all of that stuff, and how you know specifically if you focus on how do you balance that with design? Uh, you know, you've got data on one side and design and sort of just the things on how it works and how it looks and how it, the emotion that it brings in. So how do you look at it? You've worked in companies that have put focus on both. So just talk us through these two aspects. So that's the fundamental challenge that a PM has, right? I think you're getting data points from multiple places, right? So, so the way that I would see a great PM kind of evolve is there are core competencies that you need to kind of build. And that we're all aware of that, right? Anybody who's read up even a little bit about product management that you would know that empathizing with the user, the, the conventional catchphrases, they're all there. But how much effort do you put in actually making that a reality and how do you can build that culture within your organization is what helps you grow really, really fast. Now, but that said, from a core craft perspective itself, a great PM or somebody who's moving on uh, from being a good PM to a great PM. I think there's a fundamental stuff of being able to talk to users, being able to channelize all the various data points that you're getting, be it from your customer success team or from your customer support team, from your sales teams, um, from the data points that are coming in, right? These are all, the users are talking to you in multiple ways, being able to distill that and being able to kind of say that, hey, be it quantitative data or subjective data or even user testing data that I'm getting out there. How do I kind of you know take all of these insights and simplify those insights and be able to disseminate to the larger organization and then influence the organization to be able to kind of respond to those customer needs that are kind of coming out very loud and clear to everybody out there in the company is what a product manager starts off by doing. And in that whole gamut of being able to build something to solve, you know, a particular customer need, there are multiple core skills that you kind of evolve and you kind of develop over a span of time. Be the skill of being able to write great user stories to describe how a particular solution is going to solve a particular customer need. The ability to prioritize, right? And I've seen um, a lot of uh, new PMs, you know, struggling to, uh, you know, prioritize really well because you, you, most young PMs at that point of time, we're all, and I've seen that same cycle with me as well. You like a bundle of energy, you want to kind of come with, come up with multiple ideas and then reality hits you and you realize that you can't build everything that you want to kind of build. And then the whole, you know, tough exercise of prioritizing. And that's, that's absolutely necessary because uh, being an early stage company, which is in the search for PMF or even a large company, which is not maybe have has achieved PMF in the past, but 
has to stay relevant, right? Which means that I always keep saying that PMF is a, it's a moving target, right? It's transient in nature. You might have PMF at a point of time, but something could come by and, you know, could move you away from your PMF to, uh, milestone that you already hit. So that said, being able to kind of, you know, hone your core craft around all of these pieces and being able to kind of solutionize uh, a particular uh, a customer need and being able to productize that at a particular platform level is what you do. And that's your core craft. And that is something that you can read up and, you know, get some fundamental tools on, see best practices and kind of develop that really well. But completing that cycle really well enough is requires your second evolution of the skill, which you know, is relationship management, right? So you don't have anybody reporting to you. You're a product manager. You might have other PMs reporting to you. And if you go senior enough, you might have other functions reporting to you as well. But as most product managers, we start off with nobody reporting to us. And we're usually, you know, two or three years of experience. You have much more senior engineers. You're much more senior design folks. And somewhere in that middle, in the midst of all of these experienced folks, you're supposed to, you know, channelize the entire set of cross-functional teams towards a particular solution, right? And that gets really challenging. And that that's where I think most PMs start owning their emotional intelligence, or if they're blessed with great emotional intelligence, that's that's a great start. But I do believe that this can be something that they can hone over a span of time as well. Listen to what your users are saying. Also understand what your internal teams are saying to you. Figure out what winning means for each of these teams. Pick up the lingo to be able to converse with each of these cross-functional teams so that they understand that, okay, you get it, right? And then once you do that really well, I think the third order skill is where you... Once you are able to drive large teams towards a particular product solution and being able to kind of solve a customer need, uh, as you grow up the leadership ranks, you have to kind of be able to kind of elevate yourself slightly to be also the vision center, right? So you're not solving a specific customer need. You're looking to kind of even figure out what are the macro things that are changing over a span of time, understand the company's goals, and at a very, very large strategic level, being able to kind of craft out uh, the direction of the company in terms of how what product can do to be able to align to the product, to the company's vision. And uh, how does the macro environment kind of affect that? And what should we build as a product uh, over the next couple of years to be able to align to that, right? So core competency, relationship management, and uh, uh, being able to kind of engage with multiple stakeholders and get them, you know, uh, excited about a particular product philosophy or product uh, solution that you're building. And finally, the higher order skill of being able to be a great storyteller and a vision creator are the conventional skills that you're looking to own. I think all of us are going to be on that path for a long period of time, no matter whether you're two years of experience or you're 15 years of experience. I think there is so much changing in the world of technology and products that uh, we will always have learnings on each of these three things happening right across our career. Great. I mean, thanks. Thanks, Ranjit. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to come back to you at the end on whether you believe AI is going to replace product management also and whether we should stop building AI or you know we should accelerate or whatever. But we'll come back towards some of those futuristic things at the end. So let me move on to uh, Rahul. And uh, you know, Rahul, I want you to, uh, let's bring in Rahul into, I'm just waiting for Rahul to shine. OK, so uh, Rahul, what I want to ask you, I mean, you've, you've worked in companies that you said uh, product management wasn't like the first class citizen or the most important given a lot of resources and things like that, right? You had to literally fight your way to getting those resources. Uh, just talk about how do you balance how you laid out the priorities between selling your product, revenue, adoption, monetization, uh, versus building the right product, great customer experience. I think you mentioned about customer experience at the beginning of your chat as well. So talk about how do you do the balance between all of that? Uh, and a related thing, just from your own background, um, I think you majored in finance. And while there was no majoring in product management, if you majored in finance and you did you major in finance and did that help you get into a 
fintech related product stuff you spoke about neo banks before that word was even common and things like that so maybe talk about both of that one how do you balance and also how important uh, domain expertise is and did that really give you a leg up when you got into fintech related products sure so let me address that uh, second question first um i stayed away from finance as as much as i could i knew i wasn't any good at it um there was no way i could have uh, become any good at it so i ended up majoring in or at least taking as many courses as i could in uh, strategy that was because the idea was to spend as much time as i could on the startup that i was uh, working on that took a lot of bandwidth so it's yes i know thought about it but now that you point out it's, it's supremely ironic that i should end up in in uh, fintech so uh, the short answer to your second question really is that there's no um, i think manjuna had talked about this at the beginning as well but my take on it is anything you do in b school to prepare you for product management just build stuff right uh, one part of it of course is to is to design and come up with wireframes and things like that that's one part of product management it, product management is going to have to is you eventually in the trenches working with people who build people who sell people who make sure the trains run on time so if you can do something even if it's inside of a campus in terms of a, a tiny venture or a tiny project go for it you would you you see how critical designing a product well or defining a product well is but also everything else that goes along with it otherwise you risk becoming a product manager in an ivory tower because you're not going to be familiar with just how severe the constraints often are in the real world right and i want to address that first because that's a segue into into uh, what my take on product management uh, is or my experience with product management is is i've always been part of a or perhaps by unconscious uh, design but i've always been part of really early stage either business units inside of companies or companies themselves so there you deal with a ton of constraints right and so to the question you asked me about how important is selling versus uh, designing a great product in the early stages if you have a certain amount of funding that defines a certain runway well that's that's your biggest constraint right you have to figure out a demonstrable way of being able to make money either by actual revenue flowing in or the or the projection of imminent revenue coming in if you either have to get to cash flow positive and beyond or if you have to raise your next round of funding so uh, cube's founder likes to talk about what he called or at least to the very beginning like to talk about uh, what he called the right to live so a company is got to prove the right to live at the very beginning and so everything that you can do to get to that point is supremely important so this you learn very quickly how to put together very simple propositions that you can test out in a lightweight manner at cube we often talk about uh, what tim ferris had written is uh, 2007 book the 4 hour work week where he talked about um, essentially testing out the value proposition of these t-shirts or shirts that he wanted to import from europe i think and sell in the us and all he did was create a mock landing page and run a bunch of uh, google adwords campaigns so instead of making any of the investment into the actual uh, 
business itself. All he did was test out how powerful that value prop was and more importantly, with whom. And that really helped him build, in his book he says, helped him build a, a much more efficient uh, business and therefore product uh, right off the bat. So both at, in fact, everywhere, at Netcore and its uh, MyToday consumer division, as well as at Citrus and at Cube, all that we've done is test out these value props as rapidly as possible. And then the whole objective is, yes, once you get to product market fit, once you have a demonstrable set of people who can, who you know, I mean, a, a defined set of people, someone who you can point to and say, yes, that sort of person right, who can tell you through, and there are ways of, of, of measuring. And, uh, ours was very, very simple. At Cube, we would just create a WhatsApp group for, we still do. We just create a WhatsApp group for every uh, customer who signs up. We have uh, many I am code alumni who have their who are customers of Cubewells who have their own WhatsApp group, but we would just hear directly from them on that WhatsApp group. So we did a bunch of things that didn't scale. But once you know that you have that defined set of people tell you saying yes, we like this, and then you shift from just trying to figure out what the pro what kind of product to build for what kind of market, which is your classic PMF problem. Once you have that, you've got your right to live. You know that there is somebody in somebody out there in the world who wants what you've built, is either willing to pay for it directly, or you've proven that there is a way to make money from their usage. We obviously prefer the former. Um, but there is now you can shift to then trying to build out scale. Right? And as Ranjit said, of course, at some point you will get to a point where your product market fit is a, is a moving target. So you, you circle back to trying to figuring out what the, what the new uh, market is for, the, for what the product has become. But absolutely you have to focus at the very beginning very rapidly on getting to a point where you prove what we call your right to live. Does that help? Does that answer your question? Yep, yep. I think that's that's good set of uh, words, Rahul. Thanks for that. Uh, let's get actually all the panelists and, you know, just to close off this section about how to be a better product manager, how to build great products. Um, I'd like to just ask uh, one question to each of you and, uh, you know, just give me like a quick two, three line answer on it, which is what's the one metric that you measure in your product? Is there a one metric that you measure in your product? And why is that that one metric? Maybe we can just start with uh, Rahul who is on the first pane on my screen. Sure. So we measure... Uh... We made the mistake very early on for a brief period of measuring only one metric, but you realize that uh, it's not it's, it's not necessarily perverse incentives, uh, but um, you end up taking actions that optimize things that you you inadvertently you inadvertently end up optimizing for things that you don't want. So for us, it was fairly obvious. We're saying, hey, can we manage? Can we measure the the amount of money that we manage? The question is, you can you know, you could chase sort of the quote-unquote whales of, of the industry who have many, many crores to invest. That's not really what you set out to build as a company, and that's not the product you've built. Or you could say, hey, how many users do you have? And, you know, what's their engagement like? You know, can, can you optimize your DAU by, by MAU? But again, as a company that's, whose fundamental value prop is, hey, we'll take care of your money in a fill-it-shut-it, forget-it manner, the lower our DAU by MEU is, the, actual, the, the better it is, really, because that means people have peace of mind. They've just set up stuff on autopilot. So what we did was measure a combination of the three, saying what is your DAU by, or what's, your, what's the number of users, what's the amount of money you manage, and then what's the average 
what we would call AUM per user, assets under management per user. So that's it's you a have triangle. a combination of any two. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, Kara, how how about you? Just on your maybe you can start with which product you're working on, Kara, and just the metric that you measure. Yeah, I was going to I was going to mention. You know, we didn't talk about the product that I manage. Uh, so uh, I work in Google Cloud, um, and uh, I work on I I'm responsible for sign-in and account security for all of Google Cloud. Uh, security is an extremely difficult thing to measure, um, and so so there is no one metric. Um, so we have a bunch of bunch of different things. Um, so one of the first things is is that you know uh, a lot of people don't want to think about security, so it's sort of um, you want to give peace of mind and then sort of uh, customer satisfaction. That is one thing. Uh, we look at um, you know sign in as part of my my portfolio, which means that you know how do uh, enterprise customers who are adopting Google Cloud, you know, are they able to sort of start using their existing identity system to start uh, you know using Google Cloud? So we look at onboarding time and and contribution of our uh, of our stack, uh, you know, as part of that overall onboarding experience. Um, and so that's one part of the funnel. Um, so specifically on account security, one thing we measure which um, is is about um, you know how secure are enterprise accounts, which is you know which is my area. How how many sort of what is the hijacking ratio of enterprise accounts relative to consumer accounts, which is consumer Gmail accounts, which are more than like uh, a few billions, right? Um, so that's sort of the two metrics that we we look at. But you know anything more than that, you know may not be very interesting for this audience. So I'll skip. Sure, uh, Manjnath, how about you? Like. The product you mentioned grocery, but just what the what metrics you look at? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at all categories of Flipkart uh, and and deeper into uh, grocery. So that way, it's the entire Flipkart spectrum. But yeah, so the monthly active customers uh, is the core metric. There are obviously different metrics that different teams and uh, uh, people track and uh, are part of their goals. Uh, but at a overall, that's uh, one of the bigger goals that we track. Got it. And Ranjit, how about you? I think we look at a mix of all the metrics, um, engagement, retention, conversion, and your referral rates as well. But that said, I think internally we come down to seeing, uh, trying to figure out what that single metric is, which would be a dipstick for us to figure out whether the product has entered the life cycle of a particular user, right? So if that is the case for me, um, enough kids coming by into the app uh, on a frequent enough basis for them to say that, hey, this product is solving a specific need, and then spending enough time on the app for them to say relatively confidently that it solved a specific need for me, right? So we look at uh, essentially time spent, but time spent done collectively on, you know, a uh, number of days that they spent over a specific week. So ideally we would want them to come by on three, four days and have sessions in excess of 20, 30, 40 minutes. So as long as that beat is coming by and the last percentage of my users are exhibiting that behavior, we know that our North Star metric, you know, is kind of going the right direction. Got it, cool, cool. Uh, thank you. So let's uh, just finish off this section, which is about product management, how to get better and all of that, and uh, move on to the next. Uh, the next part of it, I want to talk about something very interesting for a lot of people who are following this is, uh, you know, what is, I want to talk about career accelerators. I mean, we have all the big CXO titles, people working in big companies, small companies, billion dollar unicorns, everything here, right? So. Uh, I want to just go around the table and ask about in your own career trajectory, what was that one biggest accelerator? I know you guys are going to say it's a variety of metrics, it's a triangle, it's a circle, it's after than 10 metrics I measure. But tell me, be, let's be honest and get that one thing that really accelerated your career that you say, this is the point where I know my career is accelerated and got me to where you are. And don't be humble, guys. You guys are all at uh, pretty much at the 
you know the top of uh, your batch or the profiles that you've chosen so yeah let's let's go in reverse order start with ranjit i mean cpo at byju's what's your one accelerator uh, point for me it was very clearly ashwin um, i think getting into zynga in the pre ipo days and um, having seen that experience and getting that experience on managing really large scale products right because zynga had phenomenal you see we were about 18% of facebook's revenue at that point of time uh, 2010 and 2011 starters when i kind of joined this is about a year and a half you know before their uh, ipo so i think that probably kind of was the place where i probably understood product management in a, in, a, in a, at a large scale and also probably helping kind of understand consumer behavior to very large extent because that's i do believe that that's probably set me up for uh, understanding different sectors right and games are a great example for us to kind of try out different systems i know that we ran, ran flash sales on our games much before flipkart kind of ran flash and flash sales right so we understood how to kind of manage a currency and because every game is essentially currency management right so i think that experience was super valuable what also was very useful at that point of time for me was that um, each game team was set up as an independent company in itself right so the product manager in some sense was the head of that entire piece uh, would have all functions kind of aligned reporting while reporting was not necessary sometimes reporting also would come by you would have very senior people kind of reporting to you right so in some sense it was end to end because i was responsible for pnl as responsible for the product metrics health metrics and i saw the cycle end to end right in that sense i think that is that one bit of experience is what i'm kind of you know harnessing right through my other product management experience that i've had post that and, and zynga was how long ago ranjit before i move on to the next zynga was for uh, a decade ago so 2010 2011 12 so what you did 10 years ago uh, is what you are calling out as your rocket launch moment uh, for where you are today great that's super Absolutely. cool how about you manjunath uh, what what was yeah, that yeah, point for you sure uh, so for me i think uh, doing my own startup right i mean i'd been uh, with uh, companies for about um, 14 years before that uh, uh, building products for uh, various companies some from scratch some that existed uh, rebuilding on those and so on but i think uh, building uh, your own product with your own money is kind of where it really hit me harder and uh, made me learn uh, a lot more uh, on on not just product but how to run a business uh, including how to run like a large sales team with like 120 member sales team uh, 80 90 member product tech team and so on right so how how do you manage people how do you learn uh that learning was uh, way more phenomenal than uh, uh being uh, leading products uh, that were built by uh, with, with others money right so i think that that was a big uh, learning moment and uh, kind of has has made it uh, much more easier sailing for me after that uh, stint uh, so i think uh, doing the uh, doing own startup is probably uh, the moment i would call cool uh, how about you kara um i think yeah my 3 uh, years at at hacker rank i would say you know so i'm currently in my third job as a pm um i think so the second one at hacker rank i would say was probably the, the steepest learning curve because you know the rest of the team didn't know i was the first person hired as as a pm or in any manager actually um outside sales um and um, the founders were very young um they had not worked in any company before uh, for any meaningful time and so so that was like you know just trying to make sense of the product uh, trying to send you know it was already uh, successful to some extent and so scaling it up from essentially for you know let's say about 500,000 dollars of business to about 20 30 million of arr was was a tremendous kind of learning because you had to learn everything on your own and google it's it's, it's a little different because you know it's very structured as as, as we spoke about uh, and at every stage you know there is a, a pattern to follow 
uh, in terms of you know what what you expected to do, but you know, in a startup, everything is, is is up in the air, and you got to learn everything yourself, and you make a lot of mistakes as well as as a result of that. Got it. Good. And how about you, Rahul? Well, it was um, it was the time that I moved to move back to Bombay in two thousand nine, and so the founder of Netcore, who I had uh, known for a few years before that, or just on on email, uh, the fact that that person gave me the opportunity to effectively set up and run this business. Uh, when I was in my mid twenties, essentially, forget about having not run product before. I hadn't uh, necessarily had to hire before because uh, my company was just the three co-founders, right? So that's we managed to do a, a whole bunch of things ourselves because the company never actually got off, uh, got to a point where we ended up hiring people. So I hadn't hired people. I hadn't uh, been responsible really for numbers on a consistent basis. I hadn't been responsible for PNL. Hadn't built a product. Hadn't. Um, was in an area that I hadn't uh, been exposed to. There were a whole bunch of um, integrations, payment gateways, collecting. It was, a, it was a business that had to make money. It wasn't ad monetized in any way. Right? So to have had that faith in me uh, and for me to have to scramble and learn all of that uh, really is the, is the turning, uh, was the turning point in my career because that sort of stuff gives you the confidence that you can go into any situation into any trench and then and effectively just pull together who you need and and build stuff like make it work and it's also apart from forming my philosophy about product management it's also instilled in me this sort of sense that wherever i encounter or build an a team i try and take it along with me wherever possible so the head of engineering at at cube right now is someone who i had worked with uh, at netcore from 2009 so so that's that's another thing that uh, that I learned as well. So if there had to be a turning, only I worked with two two founders uh, after doing my own thing. So one is the founder of Netco, the other is the co-founder of Citrus, and and now Cube. that's it. But you know that the Netco thing really started all of it. Cool, cool. Uh, thank you. Thanks for that. And you know we'll we'll take a few more such rapid questions just between all of you. But before that, um, you know just to quickly remind people who are uh, watching this live. Do subscribe to this channel. I've been told to tell this every 30 minutes. I haven't said it in the first 30, so I'll say it twice now. Please subscribe now. And maybe you guys can also say that if you're on the panel, right? So it's 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 cool. Okay, so let's keep going. Um, that's enough subscription. So let's keep going to the next part. Uh, I want to just sort of do a little bit of, you know, quick rapid fire questions where I don't want you guys to think and give me long answers, but like just some one line answers. And also tell me like, um, you know, uh, what's your preference? So let's just start off uh, with Kara first. Uh, so product management in India versus product management in uh, Bay Area, which is cooler? Remember, you have four other people who are in India. <laughs> I think um, uh, right now, there's just you know, a lot of growth happening in India. So it is, uh, you know, it, I think it's a great place to get into product management in India. Uh, in the US, it's way, way, way harder. You know, people are very, very particular about exactly the profile they want. You should have prior experience you know, in e-commerce. You should be a master at, you know, funneling, you know, optimizing the funnel. And that's the skill that they look for on the resume. And there are like a million people like that looking for jobs, right? So I think, uh, I think India is definitely a great place to sort of uh, get into PM at this stage. Cool. And I, I won't ask you which one you like right now or do you miss India. We'll come back to that later. But let's go to uh, B2C versus enterprise, Monjunath. So Hairi, 
uh, my notice period was you know also had an enterprise component because that was your sales revenue channel versus flipkart is pure b2c so b2c versus b2b or enterprise what what do you like what school or I, I i think it's a combination of b2b and b2c right i mean even if you look at flipkart we have the supply chain partners on the vendor side and so on right so it is a b2b plus b2c play and uh, I, i wouldn't say one is better than the other it's the end to end game that matters more and even with hairi like you said uh, there is a b2b play with recruiters and employers and uh, b2c with uh, consumers i i i think it is a combination of b2b to c that uh, is more exciting Cool. I mean, you guys are all very politically balanced. I can say that. Uh, but see, I mean, for a for a 8 p.m. message, when you come live at 8 p.m., you are supposed to give very sharp answers, right? I mean, you guys don't know what happens at 8 p.m. in India anymore, Kara. But see, let's keep going. So, question yeah, for Ashwin. Ashwin. Uh, yeah, Ashwin. There's that? always Rahul. Yes. Behind every successful consumer product, there is at least one kick-ass B2B partner somewhere in that value chain. So, कहीं ना कहीं there is going to be some B2B. uh relationship and therefore there's going to have to I mean, some now now so you're you're being like even more politically right let's just keep going okay ranjit question for ranjit uh, 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 you need to be politically right right matlab yeah we have to give some startling no. announcements so starting lockdown being demonetization happening yeah. Every, everything happens at eight right so Yeah, I mean, people are saying it. You know, I should not say politically. Right? I should say you guys are giving MBA answers, like group discussion, <laughs> GD answers. So let's let's keep going. You know, my my colleague Ranjit has a point. So Ranjit, uh, design versus data, pick one. Uh, start off with data as my number one uh, card, but off late it's design. Oh, okay, cool. So you have switched loyalties. Cool. Yeah. So uh, Rahul, domain expertise. You said didn't matter to you, but you know do you hire somebody with domain experience or you'll just hire a good pm who will you pick guys going to have to prove his or her uh, expertise regardless of what domain it is uh, fairly quickly so it to me it really doesn't matter if the person's from the domain or not is that guy able to is that guy able to do what we want his or her to, him or her to do that's yeah. very important Yeah, we don't have the chance to. I've rarely been in companies where you have the ability to ramp someone up. So that's, that's okay. It. Cool. So it's it's about you know not where you are, but how quickly you can get up to where you need to be. Right. That that matters more. Cool. Uh, so uh, let's let's. Okay. Can you start tomorrow? Cool. So let's go into a few questions that people have been sort of putting in, and you know we've got about two hundred people on the live, and there's a lot of questions. So I'm just going to fire a few questions. Just anyone can pick it up. Just shoot off an answer, and you know let's just get different perspectives. Um, do you guys do you need to have an IT background? You know, Kara, you said MS in computer science versus BTech in computer science. So is it still there? Do you need an IT background to get into product management? Uh, no, even then, you know, the the specific recruiter. What I learned later on is that specific recruiter had a problem of some sort, right? It is not never really a requirement uh, at that in in 2007. Um, what I would say is, it's uh, the short answer is it's not required for product management in general. Uh, but then the caveat is that it really depends on the product. You know, if, if for example, uh, you know, in my product, you know, where, where you know the, my engineers are talking about standards and implementation, you know, the bugs are all very deep in the weeds. uh just very difficult to be successful if you don't have an interest in in technology and, and that level of thing right so even if you're selling like storage or networking those kinds of products obviously it's very very hard for you 
to be successful if you, if you just don't have that kind of an impressive background. Uh, but otherwise, you know, if you're building like, um, you know, uh, Google Photos or, or Instagram or something, Kevin Sistram, the CEO of, of Google, CEO of Instagram, very famously, he was rejected at Google because he didn't have an undergrad in CS way back, uh, you know, but he went on to start Instagram. So, so you, you can definitely be successful as a, a PM, but be careful of what products and problems you choose. Cool. That's that's a very interesting uh, insight on that. Uh, advice uh, for people who want to switch careers from banking or marketing into product management, and let's say they want to get a job in Flipkart. Uh, what do you recommend, Manjunath? Should they look at entry-level roles in product management? Can they get lateral hires? How, how do they get it? I, I, I think it depends on uh, how many years of experience they have. Uh, getting in at a senior level will be tough because uh, they wouldn't have that much of product uh, experience per se, right? But that said, I think if they've shown, uh, so I, I would say the best way to get into product management is to be building your own product uh, and, and trying to see, take it live, do something about it, get some users on it. And uh, there are times when you build products in a day as well, right? I mean, I, I did one uh, small uh, product which we built during the demonetization time, which was cash, no cash. And uh, in uh, say a week, we had 10 million users, zero to 10 million users without any marketing, just a social cause uh, app uh, website built in a single day. So you could be building stuff. Uh, maybe you're, biz, uh, uh, you're a banking guy, so maybe you have some problem in banking that needs to get solved. And if you can come up with uh, some product, I, I think that will showcase it. But otherwise, with a lot of experience, it's probably hard to get in at a lateral uh, level without product management background, unless you do something with it, right? You build your own product also. Uh, but if you're younger and then uh, you want to switch, uh, then uh, again, I would say no substitute for actual product management experience, uh, either at your own startup, friend startup, uh, or uh, you kind of figure out how to showcase your product thinking. That's the only way to go there. Do you need an MBA degree or how valuable as, uh, should I say, how valuable as IMK been, or you can say the generic version, which is how valuable as a general MBA been uh, as a product manager for any of you guys? Maybe Rahul or uh, Ranjit, you can take that. Or I can hear from both of your perspectives as well. No, I mean, so the biggest contributor that uh, K has been is in, has been in terms of the network. There is, yeah, I measured in strategy. Right? That didn't really help, let's be honest. But the number of people that I can call upon to either connect me to someone or just to help me out with, with something has been incredible. So, you know, the, the whole point of an MBA is you get some uh, supposedly, allegedly uh, bright folks uh, together in some big boss type environment uh, for a period of two years, let them interact. And a whole bunch of fairly interesting things and relationships end up, uh, end up coming out of it. And then there's the broader alumni network. So that really is what I think was the bank for bus. Okay, and how about you, Ranjit? What do you think? And I've been told, like, talk about IMK is what I've been told. <laughs> now, I would echo uh, what Rahul could have said, right? And, uh, one part of it is the network, but more than anything else, I think if you use the two years, there's, there's knowledge to be accumulated, that's, that's great. But as a product person, if you use that time to understand people, because for most of the folks, at least for me, it was the first time that I stayed away from home, dealt with very, very smart folks, different motivations, different ways that they can function and understood the diversity that kind of really existed, right? In some sense, that's that represents India, represents people around us. If you use that time to really observe, listen and understand and glean some insights about how people function, then that's super valuable, right? And that's what I kind of probably used or, uh, you know, that, that I kind of really kind of counted upon 
and count upon even today. Okay, cool. Just uh, going into few specifics. Um, if you guys want to talk about uh, some of the mistakes that you have made, right? And maybe just one thing that you would want to go and change. It could be about how you went about approaching your first product. It could be what you did recently, your careers, whatever. Something that you want to go and change. What would that be? Uh, just specific to product management itself. Starting with Manjunat. Man, okay, a tough question. I thought I need time to think about it. <laughs> okay, okay, so let's start with Kara then. Okay. Yeah. Let's start uh, with Kara uh, as an answer for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, so. Sort of the only thing that I so, uh, wish I had done is sort of figured out a way to get into product management earlier on. I mean, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, I was at Tech Mahindra for four and a half years. It was a it's a great journey. I learned a lot about general management and business. Um, uh, but I didn't need all of that. Uh, and you know, I wish I had like you know, two to three years of head start or two to three years of more experience in it. Yeah. So you know, so this is also so a, a piece of advice I would say to all of you is uh, people looking to get into product management is just figure out some way of getting in. You know, uh, uh, what Manjunath mentioned earlier on, great ideas, you know, doing something, building something of your own. Um, so eventually, I did build something on my own, uh, but I think I wish I had done that uh, at least two three years before I eventually did. Cool. I I, okay. I can go next. Uh, okay. Just just keep jumping in. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, so in terms of uh, one of the maybe learnings, uh, you know, product management from 2001 to say uh, nine uh, ish uh, was uh, one thing which is within one company areas that I got. And I think the opportunities in India was very uh, tough for a person to do either startup, uh, maybe in that time frame, uh, maybe all the way to 2012, 2013 startup wasn't as sexy. Um, and uh, you know, but maybe I, I I actually did my startup in 2014 and right? I, I think I should have done a startup earlier. Uh, and, and this whole uh, learning from being a product manager for that long, you could not really implement it uh, to like a real product use case outside of uh, your own company at that point, right? So that was kind of the mindset, but literally not. You could definitely uh, create products outside and that's kind of more easier and re realization is kicked in now. And I think with success of some of the good startups, uh, you, there is more people jumping into startups, but uh, maybe I could have gone earlier uh, is uh, definitely uh, something that I would have liked to correct it. Okay. Uh, Rahul or Ranjit? Yeah, so uh, sure. in my case, I think it's, it's uh, learning that continues to happen. Uh, as a product person who's been building out products for a period of time, you get used to, as you count on your experience, you count on what you've done in the past quite a bit and sometimes it, it is a trap that you could fall into saying that hey I'm, I'm probably the smartest person in the room I probably have the best perspective on this and I should be able to solution uh, the, or solve the customer need better than anybody else right and that's a trap that kind of frequently kind of happens uh, and over a span of time I think for me uh, it's been a learning curve to kind of really understand that I don't need to have the best answer at all I just need to galvanize the team to be able to kind of arrive at that right so being able to step back and to not really kind of you know have to have the smartest answers or the best direction, but actually just help the team get to that right answer, right? And being able to strike a balance between the two when you feel the team is going a little, uh, you know, they're going the wrong direction, uh, but still giving them space to be able to arrive at the right answer and the right solution. And that's, this could be with multiple stakeholders. This could be with the engineering function, so telling them uh, what to do but, and how to do it. Uh, you rather how would you kind of take a step back and get them to come to the answer on their own accord, right? So be it with external teams, be it with internal teams, or within your own PM uh, teams itself, uh, not having to come up with the smartest answers, but rather kind of get the team to come to it is a, is a 
is a thing that I think is a skill that I'm still honing and will continue to hone for the next few years. Okay, Rahul. So it's a, it's a variation of uh, of what uh, Ranjit said. It's essentially you have to learn. I wish I'd come up for air more often in most of the roles that uh, I've played across two or three companies. Which essentially what I mean is, let me let me just take one example. Way back when we built this mobile product before the smartphone era, this iTunes store for content, we optimized, so I can still draw the lifecycle state machine like all of these years later because we just looked at it so often. And so the question is, what part of that do you want to optimize? And we spent optimizing that one part, which is to get people in to take a free trial for so long that we missed out on effectively making it simpler for people who wanted to pay us. Go ahead and pay us. I'm not saying it was easy at that time. Payment methods were nowhere. Like the entire payment experience was nowhere what it was now. It's like 2010, early 2011, we're talking about. But nevertheless, we ended up in a situation where we ended up having a lot of people who'd, who tried our product. Uh, and the conversion ratios were relatively low because not, even though people said in every conceivable way that they wanted to pay, uh, we weren't making it easy for them to do so. So we were profitable greatly on people who eventually made it over that hump, got over that desire friction mismatch and eventually ended up paying. And we had a lot of people who were stuck in the free trial stage. So that gap is something we should have focused on. We were just focused on the top of the funnel for just so long. right? And that I've seen variations of that problem at Citrus. And then we split out and formed Cube. We've seen variations of, of that there as well. So in, in completely different forms. But the whole idea is you have to be able to come up with it and just take a look at what you're doing and move from you know the whole adage about are you doing the thing right versus are you doing the right thing. Just just calibrate that sooner. I wish I'd done that. Got it. Cool. So let's uh, you know start wrapping up, guys. And I want to end off with uh, two questions that I think um, you know if the rest of the folks who have not seen the entire thing, at least these are the last two things that I think people should. Uh, Take away right so one question for all the panelists very very quickly uh, what's your one piece of parting advice that you want to give to anybody who is uh, focused on building a career as a product manager and the second question that you know maybe if you want to think about and come back is what's the one book that you would recommend or something that you are right currently reading or something that you've been pretty impressed with that you would recommend which you think will help a product manager become a better product manager those are sort of two questions but we can do the first one and then do the second one cool so anyone can take it what's the one piece of uh, parting advice that you want to leave uh, people with sure maybe i can go uh, first so i i, I think uh, like i said before maybe uh, it's a repeat but uh, basically if you want to be a product manager uh, if either you're not currently a product manager then the best way to uh, do that is to think about building products yourself uh, take up problems uh, uh, that are uh, big or small, whichever way, but problems that you would like to solve for your own self or people that you know need it, and and then figure out uh, a way where technology or product can help solve those problems and and use that and maybe just go do that, right? And and just get that going as a part-time gig or full-time, whichever way. But uh, I think building your own products is critical. Okay. Yeah, one thing that I would like to add. Uh from my perspective has been that I think it's a fantastic field to be in. And if you're somebody who really loves building things, it's, it's, it's 
you'll find that it's a great your chances of being able to kind of achieve ikiga is really high if you're somebody who likes building things right so product management as a career is great but somebody who's looking to kind of get into product management or grow your career within product management it's important that you apply the principles of product management in growing your career as well right so product manage your career as well so which means that you need to understand if you're trying to break into product management try to understand that there's somebody on the other side who's trying to see whether you have the relevant skills or not who's probably kind of you know willing to kind of bet on you provided you can kind of demonstrate that right so which means that the way that you can break into it is by actually demonstrating but ajnat spoke about that saying that hey do an assignment on your own accord and send it out and say this is what i would build for your product and and give a justification do the content analysis do the user research and speak about it and that's i've had a lot of pms that way because just they have demonstrated an aptitude for it and once you become a product manager growing your product management career in the right direction is also something that you can product manage in the sense that you can figure out okay where is the industry going towards which companies which sectors are likely to kind of break out um where there is chaos and breakout opportunities in a particular sector that's where you could you know grow non linearly as well so understand those uh, you know macro environment situations understand where your skills lie understand the founders as well and then see where the opportunities that would come by would lead to a fast track career growth for you as well right so think about it from a product management perspective then you could be able to do that to your career as well shiram yeah you know um whether you are trying to break into pm or you want to sort of improve uh, i think you know yeah i think ongoing sort of um, learning about you know uh, product is is important right uh, you know the most of, of the i mentioned a bunch of different skills that we look for when when hiring of those i think product design insight and vision uh, that's really the most sort of the core uh, skill that you probably will not have from any other job uh, and and that's the thing i think everybody can keep working on um, and there are plenty of resources available online these days uh, look at you know uh, all the videos of steve jobs talking right uh, look at uh, you know subscribe to newsletters like you know what ben thompson there are lots of the industry analysts who uh, built up reputations look at how they analyze products you know everybody use an op open an app next time look uh, look at it from a product manager's perspective rather than from a user's perspective right i mean what can be better what's not working who are these users am i the right user i mean there are many questions you should ask yourself and and start to getting into that um, you know mindset about you know looking at product as a pm perspective uh, and so and, and uh, you know there are for forums as well uh, where you can you can discuss with with your friends and others um, about you know about your your opinions and and having strong opinions is very important so have opinions about products um, and the way you do that is is by is by getting more inputs uh, like mentioned so um, keep learning as would be my one advice cool and rahul sure so i think you should ask yourself as honestly as is possible am i curious like am i a genuinely curious person because if you're not you're not going to make it in product management there are your whole the whole point of you being in product is are you going to discover are you going to push to discover discover synthesize and then execute on what are effectively unknowns you you you're building what did not exist earlier so if you're not curious you're not going to get there the one the best way to do it is what uh, what manjunath has said now and and said at the beginning saying do your own thing like it doesn't mean having to start a company but just build your own it's easier now than ever before there are a bunch of these quote unquote no code technologies that you can use to build at least a, a a simple working prototype or you can do what i said tim ferris did and that define a value prop really really clearly uh, mock up some sort of vision of how it's going to look like 
enough that you can take it to potential users and then experiment in interesting lightweight ways there are more ways now than ever before of getting people to say yes i want that because you will have discovered so much about like you'll have done the 80 20 of product management uh, right there right? and i think you also asked about uh, what what book you'd want to read if people can get their hands on this book that was written in uh, 1999 called how the web was won by a guy named paul andrews that defines uh, what microsoft did uh, to when it, you know to essentially build the uh, everything from tcpip to internet explorer in to windows from uh, 95 and the people who got them there effectively so the reason that resonates with me is i've been in very very early stage roles in my life and having to essentially uh, prove something and then make it happen and that's really about this happening in a large company so whether you're looking to move from a uh, from a pm uh, from another role in a large company to a pm role in that company or to a lateral pm role in a fairly well established company this may not give you the nuts and bolts but it sure as hell will inspire and as for these um, varanjit said about identifying breakout areas uh, you will definitely be able to get hold of this book named life after google um by a guy named George Gilder kara it's a very un, uh, an unfortunate title because the guy isn't really talking about life after google he, google is very much part of what he defines to be in the future but it essentially he's talking about a lot of upcoming tech including uh, distributed ledgers blockchain and, and the like and it's surprisingly the guy is 78 years old but is surprisingly uh, relevant right So books books guys recommendation from each of you just something that you've read you're reading something that you would recommend I can go uh, I'll, I'll give it two books um so I think for people who are sort of trying to uh, prepare for interviews or just you know want to understand what PM interviewing is like there's a fantastic book called uh, cracking the PM interview by uh, Gail uh, McDonald Uh, Gail is, uh, you know, just worked at Google, and she, she's been, um, she's a very, very well-respected person in in terms of interview prep, and that's also a big thing in the area. So this, she also has a similar, uh, uh, similar book called Cracking the, the the Engineering Interview. I think it's called Software Engineer Interview or something. Both are very popular, uh, and the PM interview books that you're is very good. Um, yeah, you should, you should definitely read that. The second book is uh, there's a book called uh, Inspired. Um, you know that's a very sort of a very strange title it doesn't say anything about pm but it's it's also a fantastic book it talks about all of the things like you know what is a, who is a pm what's the difference between pm and project management what's the difference between pm and program management and marketing management and some of these questions that have come up uh, it is an extremely extremely good book um, so these are the two things that i would uh, marty kagan marty kagan is uh, the author of it marty kagan yes yes okay and uh, ranjit i think uh, from a consumer behavior perspective um, I think what Nirayal has distilled and hooked captured a lot of what we kind of did, uh, or how we kind of approach building products for consumers. So I think that's a great book for if you're somebody who's yet to kind of learn about how to kind of use uh, your understanding of consumer psyche or you know, user psyche to be able to build products that caters uh, to the user's needs or solves fundamental problems. And that's a good start. Uh, talks to you about how to drive engagement. Talks to you about habit formation and all of that. Um, again, on uh, an offbeat track, um, and because I'm an evangelist for uh, games and how games can help you kind of learn a lot of things about product building, the art of game design. Uh, I think it is by uh, Jesse Shell. Again, fundamental principles, very first principles based on human motivations, and hence what can you really build, uh, and how we can use your products uh, to be able to kind of 
deal with various problems that users want to solve, right? So very foundational in thought process, uh, but the real skill is to be able to take those principles and adapt it in your everyday, right? And there, that's where the transmission really comes by if you put some effort into it. Manjunath? Yeah, for me, I think uh, one of the greatest uh, product builders in the world has been Steve Jobs. I think his uh, biography and uh, his ways of learning and how he's built products is very interesting. So I would recommend uh, Steve Jobs uh, biography uh, by Walter Iskand. Okay, cool. That's that's cool. And uh, what we will also do is probably just type out all these book names, uh, you know, at the in the YouTube comments, so that people, if they want, what one of the things I have found out is that just reading some of these gives you a very different perspective on how different people have analyzed the industry. So that thanks for that, guys. So I think that was uh, supposed to be my last question, and then but I decided to add one last question with which we will end. And that question uh, that is there on everybody's mind thinking about product management career, but I want to sort of here, you know, just show me like scale of what that means. Does it pay well? I mean, it's a B school thing at the end of it. If the, you are in B school, the one thing that goes in your mind is like, how rewarding is it financially? So just by show of arms, maybe, or, you know, like this, just, just tell me, does it pay well for you, you know, for, for what you, for what it's worth guys? <laughs> Nobody wants to answer. I mean, is this a present time for everybody? Like, YouTube okay, sure. things, okay, cool. Okay. How about Ranjit Rahul? Not saying much. I think pay-wise, it's, it's a. It's, I think it's a great career as well, and your growth is likely to be non-linear, right? Because uh, each day that you kind of handle the product and you become critical to the company's realization of its vision, uh, then of course your your bargaining power increases as well. So yeah, it's a great pay-wise in that sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, and, and Rahul. Okay, Kara, sorry. Ashwin, it's um, go on, Kara. No, I think pay pay wise, it's it's pretty good. Uh, you know, tech companies, even even the Bay Area, right? Um, sort of Google, Facebook, um, and they're all really uh, they publicly the position is they will be at the top of the market, right? So so that's that's basically how they benchmark in every market they they operate. Um, they will be at the you know close to the top, if if not the top. Um, so that can, and in Bangalore, it will be the same. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. It's good. And, and all the perks are awesome. Yeah, I think if you look at uh, product and tech companies, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of these are uh, day, days you see good, successful, large product tech companies, right? And, and product and tech is key uh, in terms of uh, the roles uh, for the people uh, in the company. And uh, they paid fairly similar. Uh, across companies, but then uh, some companies obviously outpay others. But I think in general, product and technology uh, teams within uh, companies are paid well. And if maybe I can take an example of my own startup, uh, probably uh, highest paid roles were in the tech and product, uh, not in sales or marketing or other functions, uh, depending on how senior they are, obviously. But if you look at any product tech company, uh, clearly product and tech folks are paid much higher than any other function. Okay, Rahul, anything you want to add? I mean, you've been well, in product management. In my own startup, I talked about Hyri and not Flipkart. Uh, obviously, I'm not allowed to talk about Flipkart, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say, you know, unless you are like a, a machine learning or an AI PhD, uh, the chances are very good that you will you'll make more in PM than, than anything else you're doing. Uh, yep. Okay. 
cool i think uh, you know thanks for that guys uh, there was a wonderful session i enjoyed having this conversation with all of you and think you know it's taught 90 minutes brilliant uh, brilliant thoughts brilliant inspirations from all the stuff that you guys said and i think uh, i just want to end with it and you know some somebody said this at the beginning right you choose to be a pm because you love building products right and i have never hired anybody i've been interviewing at you know for the last 15 years i've interviewed uh, people in technology and product profiles across different companies at google at inmobi at flenco and i've never ever hired a person who didn't say this one line so i keep asking them why do you want to be a pm and if they don't say they love building products i never hire them and i think uh, you know kara is like what how can that be a question but uh, you know that's what i do but i think all of you love building great products it's there in the way you talk about it and what you've done and you know thanks and good luck guys and i hope people who dialed in and who been sort of listening and uh, they've got something uh, useful out of it we will post the name of the books at the end of it so thank you thanks uh, and thanks for the imk alumni uh, moderator team to vadi instructor and shiva and all of those guys thank you as well cheers thank, thank you, you guys Thank you.